0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Oh, Paydirt! Paydirt!
2: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Paydirt, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA, but check out the Funkadelphia Southeast PA style IPA now. And of course, the Pumpkin Ale. Enjoy a little autumn in the summer. And don't forget, coming in September, it's our official beer. The Pater IPA is coming soon. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer your distributor and grocery store visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products must be 21 years or older to purchase please drink responsibly also pay dirt is brought to you by our partners at bet online the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines find reviews and news for every league including major league baseball the nfl nba nhl combat sports esports, and even golf BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to join and place your first bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B L E A V 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. PayDirt is presented by BetOnline, where the game starts. And we invite you to head to shop.believe.com, that's shop.bleav.com, and search PayDirt for our two t shirts. One has the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black. And the other is a navy blue t shirt. It has the pay dirt wordmark over the heart. And on the back, it has Matt McGloin's name and number circa the 2012 Penn State football team, which we will be celebrating the 10 year anniversary of that team with this coming Penn State football season. So again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.bleav.com and search pay dirt for our two t shirts. Uh, I'll be joined here in just a few moments by Matt McGloin, who has a great exclusive one on one interview. He's going to be sitting down with former Penn State offensive lineman Keith. Goon Conlin, You may remember him from the 1990s, a staple of some of those fantastic Penn State football teams. Uh, Keith is an interesting guy, very outspoken character, and one, is one of the best offensive linemen, frankly, in the history of Penn State football. Uh, Matt and Keith sat down recently for a very frank discussion about the state of Penn State football, the history of Penn State football as well, Keith's time on campus, but especially what has evolved with the program and especially the transition that Keith Conlon has seen from Joe Paterno to Bill O'Brien and now to James Franklin. This is a really interesting interview so I don't want to waste any more time so here's Matt McGloin and Keith Conlon. All right Keith what's going on man I appreciate you jumping on the show.
0: What's up Matty how you doing
2: brother? Good
1: man obviously you know you're starting lineman for that 94 undefeated Big Ten, you know, team, the Rose Bowl championship team. You're an All Big Ten and 95 drafted in the sixth round uh, by the Indianapolis Colts. But I gotta ask, because I don't think I know, and I've known you for a long time now. Where does the nickname come from?
0: Uh, the goon. Uh, definitely, it's it's from a uh, from a region from a region guy, my buddy Tommy Kennedy from Valley View. Uh, him and Tom Brago were were strength coaches when I was uh, playing here and. We love the movie Slapshot, uh, okay. with the brothers and a bunch of goons out there. So, uh, they, you know, we would just get a few libations in us, and we would uh, start wrestling around. And I think it comes from they they always wanted me to be, come under the weight room a little bit hammered to see actually how strong I was, because I wasn't weight room strong, but I was, like, country strong. But, but you add a few beers in me, and I'm ten times stronger <laughs> He was used to toss these guys around and they'd be sitting there saying, well, what, where's this on, on, uh, you know, during workouts and all you're, you're, throwing us around, you know, and you you know, your bench numbers aren't that high. Your, your, your leg presses aren't that high and all that. Just but the goon comes from slap shot and just, uh, those idiots.
1: We had similar weight programs still, even in, even in 94. Yeah. And then 08 yeah. through 11 before Fitz and O'Brien, that new staff came yeah. in and like, do any like workouts stick out to you? Because for me, it's like leg press was brutal. Like working to 30 was terrible. Uh, Pull-ups doing the negative pull-ups was bad. And then there was always some type of finisher that pushed you past where you ever thought you were capable of going. It made you want to run for the trash can because I always felt like I was, I was, I was going to throw up.
0: Yeah. We, uh, John Thomas, that's our, our, our common bond right there. JT, he got here in the 92 season, I believe. And he was, he was a younger guy, but he was just an absolute madman. And, uh, we yeah. had, a, you know a tumultuous 92 season. And then JT jumped on board and, uh, he really straightened up the, the, the strength program. I and mean, Chet Furman before him was great. And he w- went on the, to the Steelers and won a Super Bowl. But JT, he, he bought that, they added toughness to us, uh, and I always used to say when you like when I when I came back and I was working there in the weight room uh 5 to8 and you know we were pretty much Joe's policemen I mean you know you you know Joe didn't see the guys day to day but uh, and then you know practices were toughness and that but they they, 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 they paled in comparison to what you, what we were doing you know Monday through Friday in the mm-hmm. weight room uh, you know just building that mental toughness that physical toughness you uh, and you know, you 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 mentioned the '94 thing, and you know, I love Fitz. Fitz is my best friend in the whole freaking world. Uh, and you know, it, it is. There's a lot of different ways to skin a cat when it comes to strength and conditioning. Uh, and Fitz is an absolute madman, and you know, the best of what he does. So it's a whole different atmosphere and a whole different world of what they do now. But uh, you know, you definitely went. In, you went in there and you left there, and you knew that you worked. And uh, yeah that was that was a good thing and it, it wasn't just the weight room either i mean you remember 10 300s you remember all that stuff and then the 300 tests and uh, the, the easiest thing of the year was the last was the, was the was the, was the uh, conditioning test for the football season yeah that and was you- that was the easiest time of the year it was like right before football camp you had about a 3 week window where everybody like laid off and but all all you know every all the work was done and, uh, and we i do add a lot of uh, 1994 to John Thomas and his staff when they were where they way trained us because they, you know, they toughened us up. We're and you 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 know the Penn State type. You're the Penn State type. I'm the Penn State type and tough Pennsylvania kids who love playing for our university. And uh, you know, he bought that out of us, and that was always a good time. And, I, and it just there was a bond that we had that you know you you had as well as I had.
1: You know, and it's one of those things you mentioned, like Penn State toughness. You you, you mentioned that. And for me, it was one of those things. And to to be completely honest, I preferred Fitz's way of training. And to this day, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, personally, you know, I, I was able to play the way I did in 2012 and then even heading into the NFL, the style of lifting and the way that was able to translate to play on the field. But you mentioned the mental toughness you know, with with JT and that strength and conditioning program, I, I, it it was one of those things like you weren't going to back down when you walked in there either. No, you knew, you knew, you knew like they were going to beat you up. The workout was going to be brutal. And, but you knew that going in and like, but it was one of those things like where it's like, well, yeah, I I know that's going to happen, but if you're, if you're thinking I'm going to back down or quit or walk out or not want to be here or anything like that, like, you're mistaken, man. Like, I, I don't care. I'll do whatever I have to take, whatever workout, whatever you tell me to do to get to the next level. And I think that's something that JT definitely, you know, appreciated because that's in so many ways, you know, goon in college, that's how you're able to find out what guys actually want to be there versus the ones that don't,
0: And you know, I'm, we're talking a whole two generations ago, almost for me, uh, you know, I didn't have a lifting program in high school. You probably didn't have a lifting program in high school. So a lot of this was was new to us, whereas now the kids are coming in and they're already almost like a, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've been lifting. They've had nutrition classes. They, they know what they're doing. They know how their body works. We didn't know any of that.
1: Yep.
0: Uh, but, you know, what JT did and what Jeremy did in the weight room with, with all of us and, and all, the, all the guys I had with them and worked with them and worked with is it showed on Saturday. Sure. You know, we always used to laugh and joke. I mean, uh, for years, Iowa, and uh, we never got to play Nebraska. You know, uh, I wonder why. But uh, you know, they always touted their football program and their strength and conditioning program, and how much how strong their players were, and this and that. And then, which is great, you know. But we would sit there, and we were more athletic to them, better shaped than them, and we would run circles around these guys. I mean, yeah, we're not going to go up and bench 600 pounds. I get it. You know, it's like, it's one of those things, but I don't care if I'm going to move you off the line of the scrimmage in the fourth quarter, because you have absolutely no energy left. You, you're out of shape and uh, your body's eating your muscles and your, your atrophy and you have nothing left to give. And I'm sitting there saying, let's go. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to talk about 1995 or 1994. You know, I mean, you know, we talk about the Illinois game, you know, that was our huge comeback and, stories surrounding that it's just an unbelievable day you know we woke up I don't know if you know these stories Matty we woke up there's no electricity in the hotel when we were on a hotel we were on at like the 30th floor you know it was like whoa how, how did that happen so we couldn't get in the elevator we had to walk down like 20 20 or 30 flights of stairs you know how the old man was on Saturday so everything had to be done and it was crazy mayhem he didn't want the players walking down or walking back up to get other stuff so We would come down for for breakfast or a pregame meal or whatever, whatever, whatever it was. I forget what it was, but it was pizza, hoagies and pepper. (laughs) That was our pregame meal before the Illinois game. We weren't allowed to go back into our our, our, our hotel room because there's no electricity. So Joe sent the equipment managers to each room and had to pack your bag and bring it to bring it to the stadium. And you talk about being out of sorts. That's just insane.
1: That's incredible.
0: That's the side point. So what I'm talking about is what I want to get to is like the fourth quarter. So they had the number one defense in the country. They had Simeon Rice. They got Thinna Howard, John Holosek, John Hardy. They're freaking loaded. You know, badasses up front and, you know, all around. They kicked out of us for the first couple of quarters. But we knew, we knew it was just like, you know, wear them down, wear them down. So we get into the fourth quarter. We go on a six and a half minute drive. They called two. Wow. Defensive timeouts because their players were gassed.
1: Wow. Yeah. We were
0: in the huddle. Uh, Bucky Greeley from uh, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, one of the finest right there from Coughlin High. We're in the huddle. We were sitting there laughing, laughing in their faces because they were calling defensive timeouts. And we're pointing to the sidelines and said, Look at a JT and say, This is why you kicked our ass as much yep. as you did. Yeah, this is exactly why we were working out so hard in June, July, and August.
1: And you mentioned you mentioned Illinois, and that's similar to what we were able to do in 2011 in that Illinois game where offensively we didn't play well all day, but we were able to put that drive together late in the game, completed yeah. a few passes, and then, you know, Silas Red had that touchdown run. And then, you know, even in 2012 when Fitz took over, um, that Northwestern game sticks out to me. The way yep. we were able to, you know – come back from from you know 11 down you know and score uh multiple times there uh in, in the fourth quarter to win but that's you took pride in that as a Penn State football player pride in the lifting a, uh, aspect of it and the conditioning aspect of it. and that's what made training camp tough. so easy as that well was
0: our, that was our, our exactly. marquee our we hung our hat on we were you weren't gonna tough us Out yep. tough us you knew you played us the day after
1: absolutely you yeah and th- yeah you may know you may know yeah you know, you may beat us, you may, you know, you may be better than us, but one thing you were not going to be is that was, you know, tougher yeah. than a Penn State football player. You mentioned the 94 team and, you know, how stacked that Illinois team was. When you look at that year, aside mm-hmm. from talent, what made that 94 team so great?
0: I was talking about this on my radio show the other day. The reason we were so good in 94 is because we were so much better in 1992, but uh, a lot of guys were more worried about their, uh, draft status than they were there, for the, the, the team, sure. uh, after the and that's the God's honest truth. Uh, so the 92 season, we were absolutely, we had so much talent in 94, but we were just puppies in 92. So uh, they were so much more talent, a lot of talent on a 92 team that we didn't, uh, uh, we joined, if you recall. So 1990, we joined the Big Ten. You were like seven, so I mean, if you were even that. Well, oh me that I was sake. born.
1: I was born in '89, man.
0: Oh, okay. So you were one <laughs> when we joined the Big Brigat Ten. My God Almighty! So we were in like a, in, in a flux. Like we didn't start Big Ten play until until 1993, and then we had joined the Big Ten in 1990. So we were everybody was scrambling and stuff like that. So they created this some kind of bold bowl uh thing but penn state was not eligible for it even uh-huh. to play we could play for a national title but other than that we were kicked out of like a, a lot of the major bowls so the 1992 season we had our, in may of 92 we signed to play in a bowl game versus stanford if we won seven games so uh 1991 and 92 we started 5-0 and and lost to miami in the in this in the sixth game uh and I think what happened was that in 1992, we had already known we were going to play Stanford in, in the Blockbuster Bowl down in Miami. So I think that a lot of the seniors were more worried about their draft status at that point. And we, what, what, what did we care? We could play for a national title. And that's might lead into our next comment here. Uh, so a lot of our, those guys, they didn't give a crap because they didn't, they're, they were worried about their draft status now, rather than playing for the football team. Now, Matt, I have a question for you. And that is this this current uh, college football, you know, uh, atmosphere. Now, you talk about, no, not you, but we talk about Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey not playing in bowl games. Okay, so when do you get, get to the point where if somebody loses a second game in, say, early October, why why, why don't they just say, I'm done?
1: You know, I, I hope that and that well, that's the first thing, you know, that, that came to mind when you said guys didn't care about playing, you know, in that bowl game or, or cared about their draft stock, even back then in the early nineties. And for me, and you know, I, I try to look at it like if, if I'm in that moment, what decision do I make? I absolutely play regardless if I'm going to be the first pick the hundred pick or, or if I'm undrafted. And I also try to look at it. Like, let's say I'm a scout. Let's say. I'm a GM. Let's say I'm a coach, and I see a kid that's like, well, you know, I understand. I've been here for three years, four years. This is my fifth year. Um, I was with you all off season. We worked out together. Um, you know, yeah. we're a good football team. But you know, to be honest with you guys, I don't really want to take you know that run out of the tunnel every Saturday with you anymore because I want to move on to the NFL. And for I'm me,
0: worried about my draft status. Exactly. Like, come on, man.
1: For me, that's a negative right if i'm a coach at that next level or again if i'm a gm or 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 if i'm i'm somebody that's evaluating these players i'm saying this kid turned his back on the team yep right he, he's he's more important than the team itself and what the team is trying to accomplish like understand your teammates need you out there each and every saturday whether it's a home opener whether it's a conference game whether it's a bowl game whatever it may be your teammates need you they depend on you they're sure. counting on you Right, I mean, it's so much of it. It's your job to be there, um, week in and week You've out, I, I, and your friends. Exactly,
0: these are guys you live
1: with for the last four years. You I only have I mean, you only have a certain amount. You only have a yeah. certain amount of games and a certain amount of time yeah. to put that helmet on, man. Like right now, like I said, like somebody's telling me the other day, we we're talking about Penn State football, this and that, and I had said. I, you know, I would love to have the opportunity to put a Penn State helmet on one more time. Yeah. You know, I, I just sitting here today, you can't you know, believe how fast that time goes by and how small of a window it actually is to yeah. have the opportunity to play each and every Saturday afternoon.
0: Hey, I have another one for you, buddy. Speaking of that, we're, we're both, you know, prep school kids. I went to LaSalle. You went to Scranton Prep, correct?
1: I went to West Scranton.
0: West Scranton. I'm sorry. I apologize. So you grew up with the same guys that you played football with in high school, right?
1: Absolutely. Now, yeah.
0: what, what would you do if you were a top recruit in high school? and You say, you know what? I, I don't, I'm I'm better than you guys. I'm going to go down to Florida and play at the IMG Academy. Well, let I me say to a ton of that.
1: Let me say this to you. So what, what, every time, every time I have the chance to see my friends, the guys that I grew up with, the guys that I play high school football with, that's what we talk about. We yeah. talk we talk about high school football. We talk about high school basketball, high school baseball. Those are the games they, that
0: they, are, they love. The fact that you play in the NFL, they love the fact that you do that. But they don't want to hear about it because it's not. It's not a. They, they don't.
1: They don't care. Yeah, they don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. They want to
0: talk about playing. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever high school back in the day.
1: We talk about so we were like we were a top tier you know, ranked team in the state of Pennsylvania. We talk about, you know, the games that we lost. Yeah. You know, and like, hey. You, know, you should have caught this pass. And he's like, No, Matt, you overthrew me on that play. Like stuff, like we that's what we talk about because that's that's fun. Again, those are your friends, and that's the way you know it is at Penn State as well. You know, when, when I have the chance to talk to Mike Farrell, Mike Mouty, Mike Zorich, Pete Massaro, those guys, you know, w- we talk about those Saturday afternoons. We talk about the workouts, the conditioning sessions, sure. and things and things like that. And it's that connection that that you have with those guys, and that's what lasts a lifetime. And, and that, that actually leads me to this next question, because, you know, we're talking about more to that. Go ahead. Think about this, Maddie. What do we have in common that, you
0: know, we're, we're, we're born 18 years apart.
1: I mean, well, first and foremost, we, we wore that Penn state helmet. We wore that Jersey. We ran out of that tunnel each and every Saturday afternoon and the opportunity to play for Joe Paterno.
0: We're the same man. Yep. You know, I mean, you look at anybody from 1950 until 2011, they have, we have a common experience. You sit there and talk about Marty and Zordich and uh, Mikey Farrell and them. uh, You had the same experience as we did. You know what I mean? I can sit there and join in that conversation the same as you guys and say, I I watched your game. I wasn't there. But do you remember having to do this in in these workouts or that part of practice that I still don't know what the F drill six is, bro? (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's but seven I mean, on seven. I asked that question once. It was, I'm like, well, why? Well, why would you call it drill six? Why you exactly, it was, I that was like, I'm thinking to myself, why is this drill six? But that's all you knew it as. Yes. And, and it was like, like it, it must have been
0: the sixth drill of practice in the 50s under, under, uh, uh before when Joe was there. And it and just, they just stuck.
1: It and it just stuck. And that's what it was. Yeah. It was and they, like the older I got. And like when you get into the NFL, it's like seven on seven. I'm like, seven on seven, seven on seven. Like, okay, great. Today,
0: we we going to get, we going to go past thud today or
1: yeah, I see, no, no. I
0: see an okie front right now and they're looking at you like, what the hell are you talking about? Well, that's our, that's our common bond. So that's like, that's the thing that we have. And we, we were so special. I know we're talking about Fitz a lot, but as I said, you know, me and Fitz, you know, we, uh, he's been my best friend since we, you know, before you were born 1987, we were best friends. That's what we, that's what we met. Uh, We'll talk about how much he, when he came here to work here at Penn state, how much he appreciated it and loved it. Like the fact that we, how the special bond that we had with all the players, because he looked at me one time, this is before he even came to Penn state. I think he was working at a Catholic university in DC and he goes, dude, I, I had three football staffs at Maryland. You know, I left Maryland. I go back there now when well, he worked there, eventually so." he might be the outlier, but, you know, so, you know, we're three staffs from Joe Paterno. So, you know, what, what do guys have in common with, with guys nowadays? You know what I mean? We don't have that common thing right now. And where we had that special thing for 61 years where we really don't have it with this, with this current era, these, these guys and stuff like that. And that's sort of a shame, but it's, we were, we were, we were the, the outlier. I mean, the other guys with two or three different staffs, that was normal, you know?
2: Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their let there be white tea is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website, smackapparel.com, and use the promo code PayDirt at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code paydirt at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear Smack? Let me ask you this
1: question then, since we're on this topic, but I, I after after this, I, I want to go back to a few things. Sure, you right. know, you mentioned, you know, the current state of the program and 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 maybe not having that, you know, connection anymore like like we had like we had, as you mentioned, um, or like we have. Yeah. Do you think a guy like Pat Kraft can help restore that? Because it's certainly gotten lost a little bit. And he's mentioned, you know, trying – or he's going to try to bring back the Joe Paterno legacy and the tradition and the history.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see what he's going to do. Just something as simple as him talking at the Big Ten meetings last week. It was was finally – I mean, Maddie. I mean, you guys remember the rise rally that we held for you guys. By the way, that was an anniversary 10 years ago last week.
1: Yeah, and I've never – that's another thing I wanted to talk about, and I've never – that morning
0: rally. So you guys felt like no one had your back. No one was speaking for you, and and we were just afraid. And it just feels like we've been like that for 10 years now. We're afraid to say anything, afraid to be – afraid to mention the name Joe Paterno, afraid to to talk about anything he has done – But just something as simple as the home versus away game Big Ten opener. Did you you read his or see his rant last week at the Big Ten?
1: I did, yeah.
0: It was unbelievable. I was like, finally, somebody's standing up for us, it seems. Yep. Yep. I mean, I I came to the Big Ten in 1993, okay? I was on the original team. I had two years independent, three years in the Big Ten. They don't want us here. They never wanted us there. They hate us here. They hated us in the Big Ten. Then they don't like us now. They tried to kick us out with you guys. Uh, so the fact that he's going to go there and say, you know what? Why are why are we opening on the road? You know, twenty four out of thirty one seasons. Why? Why? Why is why is that happening to Penn State? We're freaking Penn State. You know, we have a, a run where seven straight years we start on the road yeah. in our Big Ten play. Ohio State's never had more than two of them. Yep. I mean, what is that about? I mean, just something as simple as that. Hearing Pat speak up about it, speak up as a almost like a fan, almost uh, having our back and calling calling the Big Ten out for their bullshit. I, I loved it. I loved what he was saying, and I Man, love what he's going to do with us.
1: No, I love. I love the passion. I love the energy. And I love the way he's handled everything that has come his way so far, and how uh, immediately how supportive he's been of, of Penn state and the Penn state football program. Um, and, and you're right. I, I am extremely excited to see, you know, what, what the future holds for, for Penn state with, with Pat Kraft on board, you mentioned the rise and rally in 2012 yep. to this day. I've never seen anything like it. Like I remember walking out the door mm-hmm. and seeing just a small part of the sidewalk open where we can walk up. Um, and you're seeing Penn staters five, six rows deep on both sides. Right. And I'm trying to have this focused face on because I know we're got, about to get our tails kicked in at a workout, but yeah. it's one of those moments where, you know, you never forget because right then and there, you think to yourself, like I belong where I'm at right now. Like I, I truly belong here. And you're the reason why it happened, right? You had that conversation with Fitz. You had that conversation with John Butler. How did that all come together?
0: Dude, it was crazy. I just talked about it last week on my radio show. Uh, Thursday night, and then what's what's funny, Matty, is that like I, uh, it's two years ago when you guys were doing the Iron Lions Restore the Roar movie, I had some footage and film from the Rising Rally that I sent to there, and that's the stuff that they were using. But I also had the video, the uh, the audio of the radio show that I had the Thursday before. So we're downstairs at Damon's, me, Fitz Butler, and Tim Sweeney, and uh, it's just funny because I was telling my on my show that like when I deal with a little bit of stress and a little bit of like weirdness and stuff like that, I start joking. That's just my, my, my personality is I'll try to make a light of the situation. Like calm everybody down. And I'm listening to, to the broadcast of this show on my computer before I send on the way to the restore the roar, uh, iron lion guys. And you can hear the fear in Fitz and Butler's voices mm-hmm. and the exact words they used to me were buddy, the boat ain't, the boat is not sunk. But it's taken on a lot of water. And he goes, Johnny Butler's like, as we speak right now, nine schools from the Big Ten have coaches on our campus. And people are in the crowd like, no, that can't be true. That can't be true. And they're like, this, it's true. And you can vouch for that. Uh, so we were sitting there. And then as I'm listening to the show, I start off with my little, like, ha, you know, uh, just joking around, trying to make light of the situation and it's and that. And then I actually can hear it. You could actually hear me. Changed my tune mid show because of uh, how dire the situation was and how what they were talking about of you know, guys that were leaving, guys that were going uh, offered here and offered there. Uh, so we sat there, uh, Larry Johnson showed up, Ron Vanderlinden. You know, how can we get these guys to know that we support them? And that was the thing. You could talk about it more than I can. Is that nobody had your back, is what you're as a player, what you felt like. You felt like the institution, the administration, they fired your coaching staff, everybody was gone. Nobody had your back. They dropped these stupid ass sanctions on you guys for something you have nothing to do with. Uh, not anything, we weren't alive when it was going on, probably. Uh, so I could see it from you guys, and they were just sitting there saying it's not fair to you guys. And I was thinking more, more of it as a player and as a fan, as a, and as a guy who grew up at Penn State with my older brothers playing and stuff like that. So I was just trying to figure out how the hell can we show these guys that we have their back. And we went from something as stupid as they the fans were going to line the streets to the airport with signs saying, don't go, you know, we are Penn State, we love you, and this and that. But then we're sitting there trying to figure out, like, okay, they might be out there for eight hours. Because <laughs> Jesse James, zettle Donovan Smith, and – that's, we'll talk about that, but I want to throw that in there. It's those freshmen and sophomore guys that stayed, Maddie, that made that difference.
1: And think about the job the coaching staff did oh getting God, those, those guys, guys I, ready to play. Cause you look at this and I talk about it all the time. Allen Robinson had three catches as a freshman. As yeah, a he's doing pretty good. As a sophomore, he had 81 that year in yep. 2012. Kyle Carter, yep. Jesse James, correct me if I'm Crazy. wrong, but I think both of them were freshmen all Americans. Yep. Zach Zwinnick was a thousand yard rusher, <laughs> right? Bill, Bill Belton made the transition from wide receiver to running back. Yeah. Zornich was out there running, scoring touchdowns. Everybody did what they were asked to do. No questions asked. Yep. And that and made I all the it, difference. Bro. And that made all the, the difference.
0: The rise and rally started. It was, I looked at Sweeney and Sweeney said, and you could, I would love to hear your opinion on this because I love hearing it. And that is that, you know, I told Sweeney, I said, I'll take care of the local crowd. We'll have a rally in the morning. I said, you worry about because Tim was the president of the Letterman's Club. And then that's when we had the Letterman's dinner that, that the night of the Rise and Rally. When Bill had those guys talk, we sat down, broke bread, and told you how you know how, what it is to be a Penn State guy. But it goes, just goes back to the whole point of what we did was just to let you guys know that, you know, yep. we support you. You know, we're, we we have your back. It's nothing you've done wrong. You guys are paying for something you guys had nothing to do with. It wasn't fair. We didn't agree with it, but it just felt the administration and the university were just scared to say anything. Yeah. And I will tell you a story. So we had that big rise and rally. You could talk about how awesome and emotional it was. And, you know, you guys are going to, like, do a workout to get your asses kicked. And you're like, I don't want to be cheering right now. But it was pretty cool. But. I had a Penn State administrator come to me and says, Keith, this was awesome. Don't ever f and do it again. And they were oh. mad. They were mad. That's insane. It, it, they weren't mad. They were scared. And that was the problem at that time is we didn't have the Bill O'Brien fighters. You know, we didn't have a bunch sure. of tough fighters out there in our administration, in my opinion. So they were sitting there scared. And. And it happened. There's no doubt about it. I remember like reading a lot of like, uh, because they showed a blurb of it on ESPN. And I remember reading on ESPN.com, there was a whole comment section and the comment section was, Jesus, they don't get it. They just don't get it. Like we were celebrating what happened. That's what they felt. That's what it was like. It's exactly what we didn't want to happen. But internally, it was for you guys to say, hey, we got your back. But then society looks at it and says, we're just celebrating, you know, and it's just like, oh, we are a football culture. And I just couldn't believe how that was taken. But the point was hammered home that you guys were wanted, needed, and loved and supported. And I think it it showed that. And it showed the way you guys played in 2012.
2: Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt15, paydirt15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you.
1: You, you you certainly when you're there you certainly know how special it is to be a part of that university and a part of that program. But that 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 day that event and when the Letterman spoke in Haluba Hall, um, awesome. it's one of those it, it's one of those moments that hits you where it's like okay, I, I truly get it now. I understand what it means to be loyal to the program. For, for not just for four or five years, but for the rest of your life. And we sure. just talked we talked about this earlier. It doesn't matter if you play in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, it doesn't matter. We're in this group together and the support will always be there, no matter what. And I want to change I want to change gears here real quick because I think this this is a fantastic question to ask you because you are part of one of the better offensive lines to ever, you know, go through that tunnel at Penn State. And with the way the offensive line has been at Penn State over the past few years, I mean, yourself, you mentioned Bucky, Jeff Hardings, Marco Rivera, uh, Andre Johnson. How did you develop that connection at the position group? And because it's certainly Penn State's offensive line is currently missing.
0: It's, you know, been a long time since we had a dominant offensive line. Um, You know, a lot of me and my friends and a lot of, you know guys that you just mentioned we talk a lot and it's like I hate the people who just say that the game's different now the game is different the game is different and I understand that the game is a lot more speed and a lot more thinking and a lot more this and that but again we go back to the toughness thing I mean it's just like if you will yourself to not get beat I mean honest to God I didn't care what the old man said to me if I got beat Matty I didn't give a what, what Bill Kenny or Dick Anderson or Craig Service said to me. I was Nothing is personal.
1: About, Nothing was personal. You, you know what I mean? You no, didn't take I was anything worried
0: personal. about what Mark yeah. Rivera and Jeff Hardings and yep. Bucky Greer and Andre Johnson and Kyle Brady were going to say to me. Yep. And I, they, how do I look at them and say, hey guys, I'm sorry I gave up that sack. You know? That, that was an insult. That was an insult to let my buddies down. So, you'll find this funny is that my one other friend, we talked about it and it was like you know, we were running similar offenses to what you were running, you know, like later, uh, our offense really never it, it was just such an anomaly what where, where it came from because you know we were known for defense for years don't turn the ball over ball control offense don't, don't no no interceptions no fumbles this and that great special teams and defense makes plays that's it and then for some reason i don't know but we started coming around and my class of the 1991 recruiting class we were just loaded and it was just like we were so physically superior to our opponents, like it was just like we just recruited the perfect group of people, uh, and it didn't matter. I, you know, I love watching the Big Ten Network and see the old games and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You can still call the plays out, and you could probably still sit there and say, "I know that play, and we used to run that." Uh, oh. But uh, it was we were running an old offense with old old terminology and this and that, but we were just so much better than people that it didn't matter if they, they were, I mean, we, we could walk to the off, to the line of scrimmage and say, here it comes right here. Fullback die Stop it. Yeah. And we're going to pick up four yards. I mean, that was the way it was. You took and, pride in that. You our, took
1: pride in that. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. Yeah. No yeah. doubt about it. And, uh, the, our biggest thing was our, our, the funniest thing was, and you can attest to this. I mean, defense is, are so far superior offenses in, in preseason. It's just like the first scrimmage is just a complete whitewash blowout for the offense or the defense, just kicking the crap out of the offense because our timing's not there as offensive line quarterback, wide receiver, running back. It's not all there yet. You know, cadence is not all there, but our first couple of scrimmages in the 94 year, I mean, we were sitting there and Joe was stacking a deck deck against us. Mm-hmm. Usually it was a, uh, Oh, that was a pass interference or a defensive hold or offsides on deep just to give the offense some kind of like uh uh some mojo or whatever, whatnot, make them feel better about themselves because the defense just literally kicked the crap out of them for three hours at, at Beaver Stadium. But, you know, we're we're in our first couple of scrimmages in 94 and Joe was stacking the deck against us, and you know, he'd be, you know, we'd have a big play and he'd be like, Oh, Colin was holding, and I'm like, I was you know, that type of thing. And just getting all mad at you, know, you're you're sitting there. You're turning your venom on him, saying that's bullshit. I did not hold on that play. I wasn't. That's, that's a bullshit call, Joe. Bucky Greeley looked at me the one time and said to the offense, "He goes, dude, relax." He goes, "We got this. We're better than them." They he stacking the deck, and we were all like, "Oh my god, holy crap! This is true. This is really happening." And then that was the mojo we had going on throughout the year. Uh, it was you know the cockiness versus the uh, you know we're, we knew we were good and we were cocky about yeah. it and. Yeah. You have to, you know, that's a great feeling.
1: You have to be. And that's something I'd like to see out of this year's team. Just that break the huddle. Everyone's together. Everybody's confident. Everybody knows exactly what they're doing. There's no lack of communication. Everybody knows exactly where they're going. I want to see 11 guys playing together. And and that's on both sides of the ball, right? That's something to look for. And I think at times last year, we just, we didn't see that. We didn't see motivation. We didn't see excitement. We didn't see guys walking up saying we're better than you. Right? I yeah. want them to find that, this training camp. And I, I think want we them-
0: did. I think I personally, I that hit on uh, Clifford at Iowa, that changed the whole season. Sure. And it's not just that. People can say that was it, but I still say P.J. Mustapher going down mm-hmm. was an absolute kick in the ass uh, because I think that we lost our two vocal leaders, one on offense and one on defense. Sure. And I think that PJ is the kind of guy is like a Jordan Hill type of guy. Absolutely. Who's going to get in your face and say, listen, you know, get this done. You know, it's, it's about playing with your heart and stuff like that. Uh, when we, I thought that we lost lose both of them in that same game. And then the avalanche just happened. I mean, I always say you can really, really look at that game. And it's obviously deflating. We go have a bye week and then we lose to Illinois and then, the Franklin to LSU and Franklin to USC rumors start. I mean, you can see our team go like this, plateau at four in the country, lose to, you know, Iowa, go a bye week, and then we lose a nine-overtime game to a horrible mm-hmm. Illinois team. And then all the rumors start, and then the team just – it's done. Yeah. It just quit. And that—that that is what I never, ever, ever, ever want to see. And that was what I saw, and I remember, from the 92 team that I'm talking about.
1: Yeah. So here's I never my want to see that again. Yeah. So here's my last question for you. Here we got about a minute left. Sure. When you look at this team this year, I'm not talking wins or losses, but what does a successful year look like?
0: Honest God, you're it is, it is wins and losses right now because that's what okay. Aubrey thinks about. Uh it is a nine win season, nine okay. plus win season. I think it's a, is a success because they need to get back to winning games.
1: Okay. Keith Collins, the co-host of the Goon and Ironhead Show, every Tuesday and Thursday from 3 to 4. You can listen live on ESPN Radio Channel 1450. Goon, thank you so much, man. Appreciate your time.
2: You
0: got it. See you, Matty. See you tonight. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.